Yeah, I think I, you know, I always prepare the seller for the longer time, settle in. There are plenty of times where we're fortunate where we have multiple buyers trying to get in on the deal right away within the first two weeks, as you mentioned. We've gone out to all of our existing buyers and we are trying to set up appointments uh, with that seller, doing the interviews and accepting offers. And hopefully we have, you know, four or five competing offers on that deal to start with. Welcome back to the Apex Business Advisors podcast. I am your host, Andy Kavanaugh, joined by the man that originally told me that he was only going to do about four or five of these. (laughs) And we realized that we had celebrated a few weeks ago, Doug. I don't know if this was lost on you as it was me, but we celebrated a year of doing these. That's awesome. Congratulations. Um, To you. And I don't remember telling you I was only going to do four (laughs) or five. I think that you invited me and and I accepted and I just kept coming just, back in. <laughs> you just kept showing up. I just out. kept showing up. I would have my door closed. You would show up outside of my outside of my office with yeah. this pathetic Sad look on look. your face with right. a microphone going, one more, just what? one more episode. <laughs> but thank you. This has been a uh, this has been great. This has been a lot of fun doing these, and hope people that hope people have gotten enjoyment out of it. We know we heard from people. I think my wife has even listened to a few. That is. And she's actually impressed. Very impressive. It is still one of my favorite stories about how uh, we started with an with a, a cold lead in of just your voice and it scared her thinking you were behind <laughs> right, her. <laughs> right. She was she was in the laundry room and listening to the podcast, heard my voice and jumped. <laughs> Forgot she was listening to the podcast. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's great. Well, hey, we're back today. Still talking about the IBBA and M&A source market polls. For those that maybe missed last week, what's wrong with you? Well, but, first go back and listen. Yeah, to first last go week. back. It's it's. We yeah. send every week. We <laughs> tell you where to find. But it is a quarterly report that the IBBA and the M&A source run, and they they've been doing this for I think this was the forty third edition. This one had four hundred ninety three business brokers and M&A advisors that were surveyed, and they did that for Q4 2022, mm-hmm. asking about deals. Last week, we talked about why deals don't get to close. Right. Uh, this week, we wanted to talk a little bit about pricing and timelines that the survey revealed. Yep. Before we get to that, I know that we had a closing. So speaking of Another, speaking of deals getting to close. We got it to and, close. And the timeline, we had, yeah. uh, we had a closing this week. So. Yeah, and actually, this one went pretty quickly. Debbie's deal, and she had a buyer on it uh, right away. It was in the, I'll, I'll call it manufacturing uh, area. Good size deal, you know, included some real estate with it. So it, kudos to her for getting that to closing. And, and I think it, she ran across some, some things that are kind of typical where you have, we talked about last week, seller's remorse, valuation expectations, um, you know, it wasn't really deal fatigue, but, you know, there was quite a bit of due diligence. It was a larger deal. So the, the due diligence kind of got to the seller a little bit, even though it was, it was real, it was reasonable due diligence in our view. 
It was a nice lower middle market sale. And as a reminder, Main Street, less than $500,000 to $2 million, lower middle market, anything mm-hmm. from $2 million to $50 million. And I think really what is mostly considered middle market is going to be that 5 to 50 so today you I see that you have uh, you've really have prepared today charts. you have you have a bunch of charts in front yeah. of you I have a pen I'm not sure where to start uh, with this. so <laughs> uh, well let's just check mark let's talk about something I think that people don't often understand is the timing what's the timeline from listing to close or okay. even letter of intent it's something that I started tracking last year with a, uh, a project tracking sheet that, mm-hmm. you know, I would just note, okay, this is the day that we got under LOI and this is how long it it took to close. Really, I started yeah. it out of curiosity and I've actually kind of backed that up to understand the time that it takes from listing. Yeah. Maybe first, yeah. you know, and, and I'm, I'm even looking at first contact. How okay. long have I talked to this That's... person until, you know, first contact to close and, and, I mean, you haven't been doing it for 10 years yet, so you don't have a full, I, uh, you know, your database is still not full. Right? I don't have so a... Uh, what are you seeing right now? I think specific yeah. from offer to close, the biggest thing that I've seen is, is it a franchise or not? Okay, yeah. yeah. If, it is a, if it is not a franchise, it is typically a six to eight week process. If a franchise is involved, you're looking at 12. I had one that, that stretched out over six months. Yeah, that's, and it, that's and it a was long all time. Yeah. Based on there was like a, about a two, two-and-a-half-month delay in there from, well, congratulations on getting all of these papers yeah. and these the f- purchase agreements signed. Now I need you to wait two months before you can go to training. And then after training, I'm going to need you to wait another two weeks before we can actually close. Yeah. And, and and they're not large deals either, usually, yeah. some of those. And so you think, wow, this is a huge process for this ice cream shop, whatever, you know. And franchises have their system, they have their methods, and they do not change them for, for anybody. Highly qualified buyers, financing in line, they're still going to, it doesn't matter, they're still going to go through their process. It might be training before closing, it might be training after closing, but we are following what they're saying. And hopefully the franchise doesn't get in the way of the closing. And they talk about deal fatigue sometime in those, yeah. in those cases. I was going to talk about from the time we get the engagement until we get to closing. And this is when we have a closing, because not every deal we're going to have a closing. Uh, so... The time it takes to get from uh, an engagement to closing is in that, for us, we kind of say 9 to 12 months range. And I think on the survey, it looks like in, in the size range that we deal with, it's 8 months. On the, on the larger deals, it's 10 months to closing uh, as an average. Uh, and again, for all those people that answered this survey and the deals that were done, so that was right in line with with kind of with what we find. I think there's also a, I think there's a phase to it. You have that first, you have the launch phase, right? Yeah. There's a lot of excitement around that. And well, then you, if, if you usually get a lot of, you know, multiple buyers looking at it at that stage too. Yeah. And if you, you know? don't get the, if you don't get a buyer attached to that business within that first couple of weeks, I think it generally takes a little bit. That's where your clock starts ticking and that's where mm-hmm. the nerves start 
yeah. start coming in. Yeah, I think I, you know, I always prepare the seller for the longer time settle in. There are plenty of times where we're fortunate where we have multiple buyers trying to get in on the deal right away within the first two weeks. As you mentioned, we've gone out to all of our existing buyers and we are trying to set up appointments uh, with that seller, doing the interviews and accepting offers. And hopefully we have, you know, four or five competing offers on that deal to start with. What did the survey say on how long it took from letter of intent from there to close on the deals that that made it through? The average time's three months, pretty much across the board, except on the on the very small deals where probably cash and seller financing. But anything kind of in the range that we're dealing with for the most part, the average time across the board is is three months. That resonates, especially if you've got a say a lender involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sure. anytime you start adding lenders. And we can't really blame the bank for taking long. I think I think what happens is there's a lot of paperwork involved in this. So they're doing their due diligence, just overall, forget the bank. They're doing their due diligence, but then you add the bank, all the paperwork, the application. I've got to give them my personal information, but I also get the seller's tax returns, financial statements. There's there's a lot of documents to get put together. And, and many times the bank's really not going to spend a lot of time working on that deal until they get all the documentation. They may do a pre- precursor look at it and mm-hmm. say, yeah, we're interested in it, but they're going, to, they're going to wait for all the documentation to get in. I think I, you know, we generally try to prepare a seller for a 90-day close when there's financing. I saw a couple of things on there that you had pulled was um, about the multiples. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... So talk a little bit about what you saw in the data from what people are reporting on multiples, whether it be seller's discretionary earnings, EBITDA, or um, you know the different multiple types. What uh, would the survey reveal? We tend to focus on seller discretionary earnings versus EBITDA. We're going to be making adjustments for owner salaries, any of the benefits that uh, seller has through the business. And so most often when we say cash flow, that's the seller discretionary earnings. That's kind of what we're looking at. So the uh, average multiples paid, again, kind of, I mean, I think I'm a little bit surprised on the upper end that the multiples weren't higher, but we're seeing kind of in that 2.8 to three times uh, seller discretionary earnings. We're seeing maybe a little bit better than that on on the higher end deals in that two to five million range. I think we're probably seeing three and a half to four multiple. Do you think that on the smaller deals, so let's say some of our main street and lower, mm-hmm. lower middle market, yeah. do you think those multiples are a product of bank financing? That the bank financing isn't gonna go, the, the deal's gonna have to cash flow. Right. In order for right. the bank to make the loan, the deal has to cash flow. Right. And deals do not cash flow at a six multiple. Sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The financing has a part of it. So You've got to go through the math. Yeah. So do you think no. there's more financing when the deal is lower than $3 million? It's going to attract either a small company or an individual more often than not. And if the deal's above $3 million, it's probably going to attract private money. Financing will play a part in what multiples can be achieved. However, we're able to see some higher multiples and get financing 
let's say five million unders. Let's let's call it an SBA deal. So five million and under, and we know that we've got to go through the math and say, okay, what does the buyer need to live on? What's their salary requirement? What based on that, what's left over for the business to pay debt? And they need working capital to run the business. So they can't just bleed it dry. So we kind of go through that math and and does a four multiple make sense on this? Can we get financing? And most of the time. It's yes, we can we can make this work. When it says, well, this is telling me a three multiple, kind of, I'll just say generally across the board, is we're not seeing like crazy multiples. Like people think that they're gonna get a five or a six multiple. Right. Those are gonna be more unique. So this is, again, a global survey and coming across and seeing a three multiple off of seller discretionary earnings is pretty average. What are some of the other multiple types? We have uh, multiples of EBITDA. That's going to be looking at earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, and amortization. So it's not taking into consideration uh, the owner's salaries and benefits. They are looking at net profit and before those other items. And so that, those multiples may look a little bit better. But if you, if you peel it back and say, okay, let's compare to seller discretionary earnings, you say, well, I heard that multiples are a four. Well, that's based off of a different number. That's EBITDA, mm-hmm. not seller discretionary earnings. Four off of a smaller number. If you want a multiple off of revenue, guess what? That multiple is going to be really low. That's going to be maybe a one, yeah. right? Uh, not five. So you do have to kind of figure out what is the, what's the number based on. Another interesting thing that came out of the survey was what is the average ask, final selling price based on asking price? And this is actually better than I thought it would be because I thought we were kind of unique and we were getting real close to our asking prices because we feel like we've, we've got a good handle on, on how businesses should be valued, even if they don't do a, a business valuation. But here we're seeing... 95 to 100% or close to 100% in price to original uh, asking price. Yeah, I think that also has to do when you have multiple offers involved. Multiple buyers. Multiple buyers, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Kind of goes back to our conversation just a little earlier about when you get that initial launch mm-hmm. and you've got three or four, five, six, 12 up, buyers yeah. where you're cutting buyer-seller meetings, that leads to what you're going to have where full price offer, right? Where when the money's not necessarily going to be the deciding yeah, factor because right. it's pretty, if you got six of them, there's going to be a few in there that are, that are full price. So, and I, and I think that kind of, you know, goes back to, this is a buyer market or seller market. And on the lower end deals tends to be a buyer's market because there isn't that as much excitement built around, let's let's say a liquor store or dry cleaners or something that maybe a, a smaller local business yeah. isn't going to drive drive the the buyer market. But when you get into the let's say million plus in cash flow, we're going to have quite a few buyers on that, and it, and it is going to drive full price offers. They're competing with each other, and they know it. I looked at that chart. Wasn't there a distinction between at certain point? It stopped becoming a buyer's market and became a seller's market. Deals valued over $2 million uh, became a seller's market. Yeah, so it yeah. looked like Main Street was Main Street was buyer's market. Up until about a million in yeah. value. And then after that, it starts to switch into a uh, seller's market. So 
and, and just like we talk about almost at the end of every podcast, right? We're like, we, we are looking for more clients because we're selling what we're getting. The market's pretty hot. There are always buyers out looking for deals. So we do have competition. Well, that's a great segue as we start to wrap this up. Was there anything else on the, uh, the timing or the multiples or anything like that? that I do think that we're probably a little bit better than the average. Of course. I mean, I have to say, when I look at those multiples, I'm like, gosh, I mean, we're actually able to get a little bit more for sure. Well, if you're interested in getting a higher multiple, go out to kcapex.com. <laughs> That's going to be the place where you can find all of our blogs, tons of new information being put up out there all the time. Our podcasts are out there. Uh, go back and listen to the, all the uh, the year that we did. Go go listen oh, to episode everything. Go listen to episode one and see how terrible. If you think we're <laughs> terrible now, you should go listen to episode the rough one. cuts. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. So if you're looking for businesses to buy, our listings are out there. If you're looking to get in touch with a broker, all the brokers' contacts information's out there. And if you're looking at buying or selling a business, we got you, fam. Mm-hmm.